Hello, all my Be In Demand listeners. Today, I am bringing on a woman who I absolutely adore what she stands for. And she's a pretty cool human as well, doing some wonderful things on the globe. And she was also one of my students inside In Demand Signature Speech, where she will tell us a little bit more about her story, because she has an amazing story, but where she really claimed she's a speaker. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what she learned inside the program, how she's using the program in more areas than just when she's speaking, because most of the time people think of speaking as being on a stage. And as you know, because you've been hanging around me for a while, speaking is so much more than just stages. So let me tell you a little bit about Belinda Smith, who calls herself a children's health advocate, speaker, researcher, and author. She's one of Australia's, yep, around the globe, leading independent voices for children's health. She's also the author of The Lunchbox Effect, an advocate for real food in schools and founder of The Root Cause. Belinda traveled Australia for two and a half years with her family, visiting over a hundred schools and communities to empower children, parents, and teachers to make better food choices. Her programs have now reached over 180 schools, 45,000 children, parents, and teachers, and inside of her Kids Health Quest membership, she supports families around the globe to have a peaceful and positive relationship with food. She's been featured on a number of Australian magazines, newspapers, TV, lots of different media outlets. And Belle's vision is to create a generation of healthy food literate children who choose real food every day, and these children go on to lead the next generation of children into wellness. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Loria Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Hello, all my Be In Demand listeners. Today, I am bringing on a woman who I absolutely adore what she stands for. And she's a pretty cool human as well, doing some wonderful things on the globe. And she was also one of my students inside In Demand Signature Speech, where she will tell us a little bit more about her story, because she has an amazing story, but where she really claimed she's a speaker. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what she learned inside the program, how she's using the program in more areas than just when she's speaking, because most of the time people think of speaking as being on a stage. And as you know, because you've been hanging around me for a while, speaking is so much more than just stages. So let me tell you a little bit about Belinda Smith, who calls herself a children's health advocate, speaker, researcher, and author. She's one of Australia's, yep, around the globe, leading independent voices for children's health. She's also the author of The Lunchbox Effect, an advocate for real food in schools and founder of The Root Cause. Belinda traveled Australia for two and a half years with her family, visiting over a hundred schools and communities to empower children, parents, and teachers to make better food choices. Her programs have now reached over 180 schools, 45,000 children, 
parents and teachers, and inside of her Kids Health Quest membership, she supports families around the globe to have a peaceful and positive relationship with food. She's been featured on a number of Australian magazines, newspapers, TV, lots of different media outlets. And Belle's vision is to create a generation of healthy food literate children who choose real food every day. And these children go on to lead the next generation of children into wellness. So let's get on to the show. And here she is, the one and only Belinda Smith. So I already introduced you, darling. And what I'd really love to start with first is about your story, because as you and I were talking beforehand, you really kind of just kind of fell into this. You tripped into this industry this that you're talking, that you speak on. 100%. I mean, if you had have asked me 17 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, what am I doing in my corporate career? Where would I be when I got to 50? <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams would it have been being an advocate for health, specifically children's health. Would not have even pictured, mainly because I didn't really even think about my own health because I survived on coffee and too much alcohol and whatever I could jam in when I got home late from work. So very different world. Yeah. So can you talk more on this story? I (laughs) I can. Well, I guess... My favourite line is about getting people to ask what's in my food and how I stumbled into asking what's in my food was because 11 years ago my hubby was diagnosed with postnatal depression after our son was born. And I was, at the time I remember thinking, what the actual, like I'm the one that's just given birth and I've got all the hormones running around my body. How can you have this thing called depression? And I think for quite a while, I'm, I'm probably talking a month or two, I did not really accept that it was a thing. Like I'm high functioning corporate, you know, like doing all the things. And for my husband to be struggling with me having had the baby. I thought what was fascinating was why has he got it? And it did not hit me the seriousness of this as a condition until I pulled up one day and there was a police car out the front of our house and my heart just plummeted because only a couple of weeks before one of our friends had taken his own life in his mother's garage. And so it was very present for me. And I remember like putting the key in the door and like even now I'm getting goosebumps like talking about it and walking in and then just hearing his voice and knowing that he hadn't done anything stupid. And that was the point I sat down and I said to him, you know, like, I'm really sorry. But I think his diagnosis was what led me to go, well, it was actually his psychologist, to be honest. She said, let's tackle this with lifestyle, which is, you know, let's look at your sleep hygiene, let's look at your exercise and let's look at you know, what you're eating. And I was like, "Hmm, what you're eating, you know, and I started to research. I was the woman possessed, you know, every time I put the baby down, I was at the computer, you know, Dr. Google finding, I remember like natural remedies for depression. And I kept coming up with this big connection between food and mood and anxiety and depression. And, And I wasn't just satisfied to find the scientific studies. I love to hear real life stories and so I would actually search not just for the scientific studies but for people who have lived and breathed it and I remember vividly a story of an Italian man talking about how he grew up 
with an environment where flour every afternoon, you know, his grandma and his mum would be fluffing flour. And he was on a treadmill and he was thinking about how he was going to end his life. And then he dawned on him that he had kids. I can't do this. I've got kids. And that was where he was, someone suggested to him, maybe you should get rid of gluten for a while. And so he spoke about the big shift that that had. So Israel was obviously very receptive to, you know, let's make changes. So that was the very first thing that I asked him. Can we just try getting rid of gluten? And let's put this in context. Bread was a big thing in our family. He would have two pieces of toast for breakfast with, you know, peanut butter. He loves peanut butter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But get this, topped with eggs and chilli sauce. I I don't get it. Then he would have peanut butter and I think you call it jelly. We call it jam sandwiches for lunch. So it was bread and bread and then we, you know, some nights would have pasta. So our days were filled with gluten. Yes. And within, you know, a matter of weeks, he said a fog's lifted. And so that spurred me on even more. Fascinating. But the real shift that I think encouraged me more was what we saw in our daughter. She was and five how old at was, the time. Thank you. She was five. Yeah, she was five. We used to say beautiful one minute, psychotic the next, happily playing and crying at the drop of the hat or running up and down the hallway, and we'd be thinking, what is going on? And I remember some days I'd think, oh, my gosh, how many more years of parenting have I got left? That's how bad it was. But her temperament totally shifted. And so for me that was like, okay, this is real. There is really a connection here. And so I started to follow my own intuition as a wife and a mother, and I started, you know, like – really asking what's in my food and that's where I discovered the peanut butter that he loved you know like he would eat 750 grams of it a week and it had a preservative in it 320 that was linked to depression so it really opened my eyes that we needed to start this and where I am today happened firstly because of that but I would never have thought of making it a living until my daughter started getting teased about her lunch boxes at school and her teacher said to me, well, you've been studying all of this stuff. Why don't you come and explain to the kids why you pack her lunch boxes the way you do? And let, let's just put it in context. She was a kid that was five in her – she was in, going into her second year of school. She didn't have packet foods, which are like normal in Australia. Like, you know, we know that nearly 90% of their kids bring lunches from home and each lunchbox has two packets in it. So she didn't have packets and she didn't have a sandwich. And 75% of our lunchboxes have sandwiches. For those U.S. people, what's a packet? (laughs) Thank you. Um, Think of like chips or squeezy pouches of yogurt or muesli bars, you know, like those. So because I had started to ask what's in my food, I discovered all of these additives and preservatives that could be linked to behavior, learning, asthma, eczema, anxiety, depression, hyperactivity. And I'd seen what difference it had made to both of their moods and temperaments, like to have a husband who was depressed and who was moody, angry, and sometimes never aggressive to me, but just his outbursts were quite aggressive. For him to be able to regulate that simply because we changed what we eat, we're eating was mind-blowing. And for my daughter to no longer be like having those outbursts, like as a wife and a mother, my job got so much easier. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't say job, my life became so much easier. So 
that's where that happened. And then her teacher said, come in and, and explain to the kids. So I went in and explained to the, the kids by making fun experiments about food. Like I didn't want to just tell them. I wanted them to understand the why. And that was one class. And then overnight, the teacher had gone and spoke to the principal, who's the head of the school here. And parents had reached out to me saying, my son's pulling all of the packets out of the pantry and reading them and telling me we shouldn't be eating it. So the school got me to back to tell the whole school, like to do this with all of the kids and then to run a session with parents. And then another school heard about it. And I just, that's how I fell into this work. That is, you know, so here's what's funny, Belinda. Now, you spent eight weeks with me inside in-demand signature speech. And every time I talk to you, I learn something new about your story. I, you never said anything about, you know, a teacher saying, like, you come in and like, you know, teach the class that led to the next class that led to the next school. <laughs> I'm still learning, Lauriane. But you know what yes. I, I think in-demand has actually taught me is to take my story and take the parts of it that are relevant to the audiences that I'm speaking to. So when I talk to the parents, I tell them about how my life become easier simply because I started asking what's in my food and then I started to save time and money. And so I tell them that part of the story. And then for if I'm going in to talk to corporates or schools, the part that I love to add in is around the fact that we sold our house and bought a bus and converted it and travelled Australia for two and a half years to raise awareness and that got me on TV and radio and newspapers because that lifts my credibility for them and that's what you taught me in in demand signature mm-hmm. speech you know to use those parts that are really going to draw people in I'm sitting over here like in awe because you just <laughs> and here, here's why because you just said exactly what like I learned to really only like tell parts of my story that are relevant to the audience. And you're right, because we were, you know, inside the program, you were working on one speech for one particular Mm. audience. So it's, I shouldn't be surprised that here it is, I'm learning all different facets of this story, but I still find it so damn fascinating. But I'm, I'm super like impressed that, yep, even here you're like, well, you, you have to look at your audience. And I tell the right story because you're right. The kids wouldn't care that, you know, you as a parent, that it was easier for you to parent or that you were saving time, money, and effort. They'd be like, yeah, but I want my packet. No, and the the story for the kids is, if when I'm talking to children, is around how at school she was getting teased because she was different. And then once her friends understood why, you know, she was eating that way, they actually then understood that, hey, maybe food could be affecting me. So it was a, you know, just, again, it's knowing where to tell that story and what parts of it to tell. I mean, they don't need to know the big long-winded. Although when I do talk to older children, like teens, because anxiety and depression is so commonplace, sadly, like mental health issues with our, you know, tweens and teen generation, I do tell them about I asked, does anyone know anything about anxiety or depression or know someone? And then I say, that's where my story started. You know, my husband, blah, blah, blah. So again, you know, the little gifts of knowing your audience, and that's such a big part of what you teach, is, you know, like, you've got your brilliant formula. um, And, you know, I think that knowing who your audience is, is such a critical part of that. Yeah. What made you decide to join In Demand Signature Speech? Oh, 
Well, I think 2022 is the year of just blaming everything on COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But COVID, uh, no, <laughs> seriously. Um, my For those uh, people who don't know much about Australia, in Australia, um, I work in the school systems, meaning I go into schools and I have a program where I empower children, parents and teachers to understand the connection between what's in my food and our body and how it links into our kids thriving and their learning and, you know, protecting our planet because every one of those little packets becomes a piece of rubbish. But, of course, when COVID happened, business kind of stopped because there was no schools to go into and here we are and I had to do a bit of a pivot and I've created an online program which is amazing you know my kids health quest membership where I help families in their home and I absolutely love it but for me the biggest impact is actually getting out to the masses but here in Australia schools are even though we're starting to cross fingers return to normal and children are going to school and they've reduce the ISO rules and all of that, schools are still reluctant to be bringing people in. And so I reached out for you because I actually realised I'd never deemed myself to be a speaker despite having presented in front of over 30,000 people. And I thought I need to secure the financial viability of my business because my mission or my vision is to create a generation of healthy food literate children who choose real food every day because that will enable them to go on and be better learners and we need innovative kids to change, to help change what's going on in the world. Absolutely. Um, And so I reached out and thought, okay, I need to pitch myself as a professional speaker in the corporate market so that I can generate more income that's on my terms without it being dependent upon a school system and I want to elevate myself to that status and I need to break into the corporate market. And so I thought your program was the perfect point of how do I go about doing that? Yeah. <laughs> and tell and tell tell everybody what happened like a couple of weeks into this. Well, because you I were so excited about this. Oh, I know. Um, out of the blue, you know, I think, you know, universe, God, whatever you like to call, like there's something definitely out there that when you put it out there that this is what you want to do things will start to happen for you. And that definitely happened. I think I might have been in what, week three of your program and a producer of a radio station that met me in 2017 when we were travelling Australia reached out and she said, you know, school's going back. Would you mind coming on and talking about lunchboxes? And I said, sure. And then after that segment, she wrote back and she said, yeah, do you want to come on each week? And just do a segment about health and children and families. And I was like, sure, you know, tell me what time. And then I had to reshuffle the diary to make sure that I had it. And now we're up to like week 12. I just did the 12th week of it. And they've started to market the the segments each week because I've been getting such great feedback. And the beautiful gift of it is they trust me so explicitly that they allow me to write the topic and the questions and then their presenter just reads my questions. <laughs> so I can um, I can kind of massage it into the direction I want to take my business, you know. So, right. you know, yeah, it's yes. been amazing. 
And I remember when you started doing this, I mean, I was the person who was saying, hey, you can use parts of your signature speech in different places. And then you were like, holy mackerel, I'm, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest gift that I got from your program was coming up with that one-line statement that you phrase. become recognized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's so mine phrase? is nutrition starts before eating. So, you know, like everybody gets hung up on what we're eating, but nutrition really does start way before, you know, like it starts yes. with our mindset, you know, like how important is it? Are we going to let the excuses of how busy life become stop us from taking care of our body? You know, it starts with taking responsibility, awareness, you know, like, it really does start. And when, when you're talking to parents, of course, it's not just about the food you put on the table. It's like what sort of mood are you in when you come to the table? If you, you know, mm -hmm. energy zapped because you've had a bad day at work, then yes, dinner is likely to be like, hmm, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's brilliant because that one statement I can use with all of my audiences. So, you know, the, I guess if you had like a subtext under that, the one that I use in our school system is nutrition's at the heart of our children thriving, improving learning and protecting the planet because that covers all the areas of, you know, their well-being curriculum around sustainability and all of that. And that's proving to be amazing. So because it gets them to think about by having a person come in and talk about one thing, it solves a lot of things, you know. So th there's a couple of other areas that, that I want to go into because one of them is I got an invitation to a speaker showcase and it was really towards the very end of, of the program and it was an in-person and also it also had a virtual um, component to it. I did the, I did the uh, in-person one, but I remember telling the group, I'm like, here's the link, go do this, like go apply, you know, if you feel called to this or if, if the, you know, because I knew you were on the other side of the globe and if it works for your time zone. And I remember, I think you asked like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and I'm like, just practice pitching yourself. And I'm pretty sure only two of you out of the mm. group pitched yourself. And I had already kind of secretly told the organizer, oh yeah, I've got two of my students who just graduated. They're going to be applying. And both of she accepted both of you. And I did get to see you and you right. knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have to say um, having something like that really calls you into action because, you know, as you go through each parts of your program, you're doing a week by week. And then that for me was like, okay, bang, put it all together now, Belle. Get yourself out there, you know, and it was great. And again, it's this is like, you know, nutrition starts before eating. Professional speaking starts before the actual speaking. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because I had to reshuffle my diary and my home schedule because it meant I needed to be on at 6 o'clock in the morning here. So I had to organize with my hubby, okay, this is what's going to happen. Can you, you know, take care of the kids? I had to – basically I wanted the day before to spend the whole day practicing it and making sure that it was – 12 minutes, not 15 minutes, but 12 minutes just in case, you know, something happened and it started late or I got on late, all of that kind of stuff. And so I had to reshuffle my diary to make sure I had that day before and the actual day because I wanted to hear and learn from everybody else as well. So it basically meant I needed two days ruled out in my diary. Now, I could have been victim of my circumstances and said, I don't have time for this. But then I remembered 
if you want to be a professional speaker, you actually need to get out of your own way and take the actions necessary to be a professional speaker. So that was amazing. That opportunity, you know, something else that happened during your program is I got an invitation to speak at the 35th of Environmental Education Conference. And it was something that I'd put forward back in August of last year. I said, oh, this is what I do in schools. I'm happy to come and talk. But then nothing. I heard nothing. And again, it was like out of the blue. Do you want to come and do an hour workshop with people? So I thought, beautiful. I'm going to take what I learned from Laurieann and turn it into an hour-long workshop. And I'm actually going to take what I do in that workshop, practice the messages, and pull out the parts that will help me write my 12 minutes that I know resonated with people. And it's fascinating, again, again, the universe, whatever. Because it was an environmental conference, I thought, okay, I've really got to hone in on the environmental slant to get them in and then to talk about the health. So I went to one of our local schools and said, can I collect your rubbish for a day? And so I know, right? And this is what speakers do. Like we (laughs) like talk about examples. I just need your rubbish, please. Yes, exactly. And so it was the last day of school term. And I remember getting there and thinking, oh, they've had a hot dog and a juice box day, you know, like as a special. I thought the rubbish isn't going to be representative of a normal day. You know, this isn't going to work. But then I got home and I laid out a tarp and I emptied all the rubbish out and I broke it into the separate components and bam, it hit me in the face. There's 56 juice boxes here that create three pieces of rubbish. You know, there's the little plastic strip that holds the straw, the straw itself, the box. The box takes 300 years to break down. So hello, Like this school could have made a massive difference to the environment simply by not having a juice box day, you know, like as a part of the celebration, we could have made smoothies, fresh fruit smoothies would have helped the environment, would have helped our kids. So that kind of become the start of the hook for getting the environmental conference in. And then when I sat down to think about my 12 minutes, I realized that that juice box was actually a big part of my daughter's life in her lunch boxes before I started to ask what's in my food. So again, it was just like this beautiful arc that happened, the juice box, the environmental conference, the 12 minutes, and I could use it all, but just in different ways. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. And, and I happened to see the virtual one where you were talking. You actually demonstrated, I don't remember the whole thing about the 300 years to, to break down, but I saw like the two cups that you held up and mm. this is how much sugar my daughter should be having every day. And here's how much sugar is in one of these juice boxes. Mm. And I think you went on to say like how many juice boxes she was having. So yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. But I love the demonstration. Yeah, thank you. I think that's actually really powerful because when you look at that and you think, wow, in a minute, kids consuming that much sugar in a minute or two, because that's literally all it takes for them to slurp one of those drinks. You know? Um, So, yeah, I think that virtual opportunity did two things. Firstly, when I was watching everyone else, because it started at six in the morning, and then mine wasn't on until, well, six in the morning for me, but my session wasn't on until five hours later. I got to see a lot of people. And during that time, I was swings and roundabouts, like, I've got this. And then, oh, crap, what have I got myself into? These people are so professional, you know. But then there happened to have one speaker got on and he lost his way. And he said to me, oh, 
he said to the audience that I felt like he was talking to me, which is always an amazing sign. He said, oh, I guess that, well, that's what happens when you get to my age at 53. You know, sometimes memories just go out of your head. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. You know, like if something happens for me, I know I can say that because I'm 53. <laughs> so my recommendation would be if you want to be a professional speaker, do the program and step up to the plate. Then just watch and observe. Put yourself in the sphere of watching other people because you learn so much from just that experience of saying it and for me, oh, this is a big thing. I'm an Aussie chick, you know, like I'm from little Australia, you know, down the bottom, you know, and my coach and you have been saying, Belle, you need to be breaking out into the international, you know, like there's more than Australia. And so for the first time, I actually started to say in all of my social posts, I'm doing an international speaking gig. So even now, just you and I talking like this, I think I've got to get that onto my website now. I actually need to add a professional speaking section. I've written a bio for as a professional speaker because my my original bio was really around my education in schools. So I've rewritten it so that I'm a speaker, researcher, consultant and an author. Yeah, so so many great things have come out of doing your program. Not to mention they get to hang out with you every week for <laughs> for uh, and some amazing people in the program too. There was some, yeah, definitely. And it was so wonderful to be able to hang out with you for eight weeks also. Mm-hmm. And just to see how you are just blossoming. Because you really have stepped into, like, I'm a speaker. Like, I see those shoulders back. You're just standing upright. And you're like, I'm an international speaker now. You've just I need claimed to do a it. few more of those. And, yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm pausing and holding my breath because I'm still learning to accept that myself. And I keep, and I, even as I was saying that to myself, my internal dialogue is, okay, Bill, how many more do you need to actually say that you're a professional speaker on the international circuit? But this is something I haven't shared with you yet, is I've set myself a goal that by 2024, I will have an impersonal professional speaking gig somewhere in either UK or Europe, because our personal goal is that my daughter will have finished high school by then and she's mm-hmm. going to have a gap year that we want to pack up the family, get a motorhome and travel around UK and Europe together because we know that that's probably going to be the last opportunity where, hey, she's going to want to hang out with us anyway. And for me, I'm thinking, okay, well, if I can get myself a paid gig, I can then claim my airfares and some of my accommodation as a tax. You, know? you might as well so, get paid paid to travel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's my big 2024 goal so now I actually need to write myself what are the steps to actually get myself on stage over there oh yeah so and you already took the you know the master class on how to get booked to speak yes. and so you know that you can already start reaching out to those people because some of those big conferences they take as I shared in that master class they can be planning them 18 months in advance Mm. So right around yeah, now is true. a great time to be looking out for those places to speak in 2024. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is um, getting out of my own way, like getting in my head that I don't have enough runs on the board yet. Like I, it's, it's so silly because I think of, I have literally spoken in front of, this is just even in my, my husband reminded this, I'm even just thinking about what I've been doing since I've been doing the root course, like over 30,000 people that I've spoken in front of. But my corporate career, 
I was a relationship manager that sat between two companies and it was not uncommon for me to stand up and present to like 150, 200 sales reps at conferences. So I've been doing this for years, but I've never... forever. Right. You're a lot like a lot of my clients who either are inside in demand signature speech or just my private clients. They're like, oh, I just never considered that to be speaking. Mm. It's like, yes, that. Speaking at meetings, speaking for your company, it all counts. I think the barrier for me has been that all of that time in corporate career, I was getting paid a wage to do Mm -hmm. that. And so I didn't consider that as being a paid speaking job. But it really was. It was just getting paid in a different way, right? Right, right. So, you know, it really is a headspace. This has been brilliant because I've been just learning a lot about myself and the internal dialogue that I've been having around this. Well, anytime, you you can come back on on the podcast here and we'll do like a live coaching session. But before we end, would you please share with people where to find you, your information so that they can like, is is there like um, a lead magnet that you have, some sort of a... Because there's going to be moms and dads who are listening to this as well who might be really interested in the food stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I do have a – well, first thing I should say, I would love if people could support me to get the message out connecting what's in my food to our health. This is actually a global problem. I mean, right now we're looking down the barrel that in the U.S. they estimate by 2025, eight out of every 10 kids are going to have some kind of chronic health condition. Like that's a condition that's going to affect their life for the rest of their life unless we address it. Yes. So... I want to raise awareness about that. So if you can help me do that and, you know, talk in front of your communities or if you're in a business, you know, your health, every time your kid's sick, you need to take a day off. So health and your own health and children's health can affect your business. So I would love to come and talk to your business about that. So that's first and foremost, because then that's helping me with my professional speaking. Mm -hmm. But If you want to know more about what's in my food, then I would suggest that I've got a great book called the Keep the Real Food Simple Guide, and you could jump on to my website, which is therootcause.com.au, and then do forward slash, ooh, I should have looked this up before. That's that's okay, because I did kind of put you on the spot about this, but I will make sure that all the links are down below in the show notes and whether you're watching this on YouTube, they'll be down below as well. But yeah. And if you need a speaker that brings that awareness about food with children, with our work, because she already shared with me that she's actually doing something with real estate agents, Mm. you know, all around better food, better sales. Belinda is your woman that you need to reach out to. So she's she's a wonderful available speaker. And she will definitely engage your audience. (laughs) And I will. And I think the one thing that I would actually say is if you're really thinking about this and you want the leapfrog to how do you actually make it happen, then your program is definitely the the kick up in in Australia. This is an Australian term, kick up the backside that you need to make it happen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I will have links to that depending on when you're listening to this, whether you can jump in and join the program or get on the wait list so that you're the first person to know when it opens again. Belinda, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank Thank you. you, beautiful. 
That was a fantastic interview, not only because she was one of my students inside In Demand Signature Speech, but she's just got an amazing story. But if you're wondering about more information about like how you can be part of the In Demand Signature Speech the next time the doors are open, just go to speakandstandout.com forward slash SS, and that will take you to the page. And it'll let you know right then and there whether the doors are open or if you can jump on the wait list. And all of that information will be down below in the show notes as well. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.